Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, I have a question for you. Let's have it. It's a theoretical one, I'd say, and I'm hoping this one comes off well. As I look at it now, I'm not certain it's my best question ever, but here it is. Okay. What would you say is the invention that has made the most important impact in civilization or society? Oh my goodness. Mm. Who are you and where do you come up with these? Is that a fun one? <laughs> I think it's interesting. That's the question I'm going with. Okay. I, um, yeah, I'm going to say the airplane because okay. it makes life great. I love being somewhere other than home um, and I'm missing it terribly. I don't okay. what, How would you answer that? That's a you well, I thought me. about this. Obviously, I thought about this, and, and I decided to skip a couple of the real basics. You know, like fire would be a big one. That was a good one. That was helpful. Um, right. The wheel. The wheel. Big. Um, Trish, I'm going with the right. compass. I, I, I feel like that actually makes the airplane possible, or at least getting important? the compass to understand which direction you're actually traveling in. Yeah, I think it's fairly important. No, you, I think you could, you know, you could fly a plane somewhere, maybe without knowing exactly where you were going. Okay. Visually. Good luck with that. You could try that. <laughs> I don't Obviously, I'm not a pilot. All right. Little known fact. One last thing about the compass. Trish, first created, we believe, back in China between 300 and 200 BC, which I thought was fascinating. Interesting. And you know what else is fascinating about 300 BC, that era, Trish? You know what people did? I like, really have, Well, you know what they I said to each time. other in 300 BC when they walked around and talked to each other? Oh, goodness. They what? said, like, you know what they, they said? Man, this is a really long time ago. All right. Oh, my gosh. You know how every show you say is your favorite show? This is starting out as, like, my least favorite show. I thought that was you need to. Show. We need to recover. Okay. We you need to recover with some good guests. Fortunately for me, we've got some great guests that can uh, uh, keep me from talking too much. We have Jason Seiden and Mike Sanka here, both from Movila. Jason and Mike, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. Hey, thanks for having us. Mike, Thank you, you, I, I, I'm going to go off script a little bit. I'm going to, first, I'm going to want you guys to intro yourselves and give us your bios and we'll get an update on Movla. But Mike, come on, that was a good question. I know you a little bit. Question. I think you would appreciate that question. It's a great question. And actually, that has been a conversation, dinner conversation. So the thing that I always arrived at with that question, Steve, was agriculture. Because at the invention of agriculture Every day when human beings woke up, every single day it was, dude, what are we going to eat today? I'm hungry. Yeah. And the next day it was, dude, what are we going to eat today? I'm hungry. And the minute agriculture came around, everyone went, oh, Steve is going to take care of the food thing. Hey, I've been shaping this piece of rock into like this shape that will allow us to move stuff more easily. And so... You know, agriculture allowed us to do other things other than to go, dude, I'm super hungry. What are we going to do today? We're going to get food again. That's what we're going to do all day, every day until we solve this problem. Yeah. So, good one. Uh, Big, good one, Mike. Big breakthrough. Thanks for siding with me on the question, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one last thing, and Jason may have an answer on this, too. Jason actually knows the guy who invented the compass because Jason's pretty old. Uh, so. <laughs> He actually has a personal relationship with that guy. I think he's probably dead too, but, but, but Jason remembered when that happened. Yeah. I, do, I was there. I was there. It's, it, there's a reincarnation thing going on. It's only two, three lives. We, I called him Frank. He was a sweetheart of a guy. So Jason, I want you to, if you want to weigh in on the invention question, and after you do, man, give us like a little bit about you, your bio, what you're doing at Movla. Give us a little update. 
Um, yeah, sure. So, to, so can I duck that question or do I have to answer that? You can duck it. First? You can duck it. Uh, yeah, it's because it, I think you guys hit on some, some really, you know, I'm just not going to be like printing press, the invention of algebra. I mean, you know, plastic. Uh, so uh, I'll let that stand. You guys did okay. a great job. And it was a great question. Very thought provoking. I'm going to actually probably not sleep tonight thinking about that question. And I'm going to bore everybody in my house asking them with it. Uh, I joined Mike. Uh, a lot of the folks, some of the folks, probably none of the folks actually listening to the show anymore know who I am because uh, I am that old and I go back uh, the beginning to the, of to the, the old show. I think, I think you were yeah, on episode exactly. like two or three, Sidon. Like I'm old yeah, I think probably, for those of you listening, so I took a bigger shot at myself. <laughs> oh, it's okay. You know, my, my colleagues have probably aged out. It's, you know, it's a Menudo thing. It's, it's what it is. Uh, so I'm the chief marketing officer at... at <laughs> right. Uh, I'm the chief marketing <laughs> officer of Movala. I've I've joined Mike, and uh, I'm I'm going to let Mike talk about the company. Suffice it to say, uh, we got connected at uh, we got connected. Uh, Steve, thanks thanks to you, thanks to an um, uh, uh, HR tech event that didn't happen earlier this year. Uh, but I got to tell you, you know, I've been like, I've been in the industry for a long time. Uh, on the leadership development side, on the employer branding side, always working around uh, getting rid of communication surface tension, as I call it, to help people achieve uh, uh, more, do more, have more genuine relationships at work and, uh, and better relationships. And when, uh, when Mike and I connected, uh, the stuff that I saw Movala building and the pro like, it just, it blew me away at, uh, at how good the tool is it's solving a lot of the stuff that I was doing longhand uh, and here's a technology that could scale some of those solutions so really happy to be here really happy to be a part of the company can't wait to uh, to dive into some of this and uh, yeah and that's that's my story I'm sticking to it love it thank you Sidon and also you failed to mention an acclaimed author uh, of the book fail spectacularly um, and, oh, and, yeah, and, some, <laughs> and, and some other book I, I can't remember but it's so great to have you. Right. Nobody does. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> Mike, uh, great to have you back as well. How about uh, giving us your little overview and then, uh, yeah, let's get it set up. Let's, let's get into it and talk about Movala and what's happening there. Yeah. Thank you. And, and thank, it's, great to be, uh, it's great to be on the show again. And just like I said, miss, miss seeing you guys. Um, glad that we can at least sort of talk in the virtual world. Um, and just one note, super excited to have Jason on board. Um, such a, a great thinker about kind of the human condition and, and, and kind of the human network of people. I think one of the, the great things that I'm excited about having Jason on board with is his ability to sort of translate kind of how people engage with technology to better their lives, right? It's always an imperfect process. And I think technologists sometimes don't they have sort of idealized visions about how people can better their lives, but you know, reality meets that sometimes. And, and Jason is just a great student of kind of the human condition in that process. So super excited to have him on board. That's the only other nice thing I'll say about him for the rest of this call. So I hope he- Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I'll take it. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, uh, I'm, I'm the CEO and founder of Movala. I started this um, company um, several years back with the idea that there was sort of a really big problem around 
how human beings were working and collaborating together. Like you can't swing a dead cat without hitting some sort of chat work management, project management platform. But there were some sort of fundamental things that we saw as an organization that human beings were kind of missing the boat on. And, um, you know, that came from a lot from my previous life of uh, uh, building an analytics platform um, an organization and saw sort of that same kind of math problem. Some of the math problems that we saw that existed in sort of analyzing organizations, we went, gosh, some of this is at play with how people work with each other at a very basic level. And, and so as an organization, we said, you know, we really have to devote ourselves to sort of really understanding at a fundamental like laws of gravitation level, how people interact and statistically, mathematically, how that can be improved and found some really shocking answers, to be honest, that going, oh my God. And I guess the analogy that I think as we learned is it's sort of like, you know, if you roll the clock back 70 years, people didn't think smoking was that bad for you. As a matter of fact, you know, it was like, oh, my physician smokes this brand of cigarette, so it must be healthy. You know, that's a comedic notion to us today. But there are some really, really crazy things as organizations we do when we collaborate and work and assume we're going to get a good result, but it's really mathematically and statistically, it's so horribly against you, it isn't funny. And so one of the things that Jason did when he came in is he sort of understood that. He understood this problem we were attacking and said, hey, you know, we've got to make this approachable. This is the, you know, this is the right thing to do. We've got to sort of move through this digital transformation. And I think one of the things that we saw and, and as, as a problem for organizations right now today, and I guess I would ask you, Steve and Trish, to sort of get your thoughts around this was, was this idea that, you know, there's no integrity and no rigor around red, yellow, and green. Does that make sense? Or do you want a little it, more You know color? what, it does. No, it does. And um, as you were talking, I was sort of thinking back to when I was a practitioner, and the way that you approach the way humans work to me is very different from a lot of people in our space. I'm not saying that just because I've known you a long time, but it was actually a customer of yours when you were, um, had come up with um, authority, right? right? Where you were using those analytics and the data to bring the stories together within an organization. And what I, what I love about what you're doing now and what you just described, and thank you for, for giving you know, the audience Sort of the lowdown on, on what Moveable is doing, um, it makes sense to me to have someone or a group of someone's like, like you and Jason and the team there who can actually think mathematically about how to organize the way that we are all working together because that's not something that a majority of people I find are good at, right? We do all think of sort of in terms of projects or, or maybe things we're working on with other people in terms of red, yellow, green, right? And so to be able to have some analytics to back that up to me is very important. I mean, is that, is that what you're finding as you're going out into the market and, and finding that people are very receptive to that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's, a, that's exactly right, Trish. You know, and what we're saying is, Hey, you don't have to do the math. We can just take the data exhaust. You know, we're a work, we're a work management platform and a project management platform. And we're saying, Hey, you can, operate in our system, which is great and has all the bells and whistles and all the table stakes of all the platforms, but we consume that data exhaust and we give you objective measures to go, you have real risk here. You should fix this and this because your plan is grossly inaccurate or your forecasts are wrong or you have risk looming. And 
And that was the end of the day of using the analytics side of our business was to say, that data exhaust is already there. We can consume that information, no extra work for the users at all, but now we're sort of alerting them to problems that exist. And, and then when we sort of say integrity to red, yellow, and green is in most organizations, we've all been at like, we go to those meetings and be like, oh, this is red, this is yellow, this is green. Really? Based on what? Based on your opinion? <laughs> Based on your opinion? Like, how, how do we know what that means? And like, we have 50 different people with 50 different versions of red, yellow, and green, and we have no idea what that rubric is for them to say red, yellow, and green. And unfortunately, you know, it's not a huge surprise when projects go sideways and you get surprised because you're like, oh God, wasn't that foreseeable? Yeah, it was foreseeable. It was just, nobody wanted to do the manual. Jason talked about the longhand version. Nobody wanted yeah. the longhand version of finding those things. Jason, I'd love you know, your thoughts. Well, it's just that I, I the, 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 uh, the phrase that I, I learned as I started dealing more with, with project management is, uh, you know, project watermelons. You know, look green on the outside, all red on the inside, and, right, and we all we all kind of get it, right? Like nobody uses yellow. Like the only time you'd use yellow is if you, you you're trying to get an executive's attention. Maybe there's a client on the hook, and you want to get some extra love for the for the for the client or for the customer. But you know, it, but it's but it's worth the risk, you know, because other than that, it's hardly ever worth the risk to to show that you have a potential problem. It's the the personal motivations are always to show green. And so everyone's like, yeah, yeah, the project's on rails. And, you know, what you didn't figure out is, you know, you, you forgot to make sure that the ceiling was tall enough for whatever piece of equipment you were bringing in. Or you forgot, you know, that there's a publication deadline for, you know, a key piece in your marketing. And, and before you know it, that one tiny little thing that nobody knew about uh, has thrown off the entire project and you just leap from green to red. And uh, so we're having these conversations and it's like, yep, as long as we're all left to our own devices, we've got, you know, fields of watermelons and, and you know, we, we share that with executives and they all roll their eyes in, in knowing, uh, you know, sadness of like, yep, <laughs> like I'm seeing all my projects. They're all, you know, quote unquote on path. And I know it's like whack-a-mole. I know a few of these are just going to pop up and they're going to be problems. I just don't know which ones. So to be able to bring some rigor to that and to be able to actually help people identify more concretely where those problems are and to do it in a way that doesn't require heroics from a few key employees who are just going to work nights and weekends to find those problems and beat them down, but to be able to do it, uh, at scale systematically so that people can address those risks during the normal course of business, that's powerful. That, that solves a real problem uh, for, for HR and for the organizations that HR supports. You know, thanks for, for saying all of that. It, it makes perfect sense to me. Um, I, I think I could also even see it working a little bit differently too, Jason, because you know, what about the times where, and this will be less often, but, but it does happen in organizations where, you know, someone maybe with, a lot of political clout says that someone else's project is not going well when it really is, right? I've seen the reverse true as well. And so then all of a sudden that person's on the hot seat and they really don't have any data to back it up necessarily, or it's very complex to try and pull things together quickly to kind of like now they're on the defensive. It seems to me like if you have this technology, you sort of solve that problem too, where if a project's going well, no one's going to be able to, you know, kind of come poke holes in it 
without some, you know, some exposure themselves. So I don't know, to me, right. it would take a little bit of the politics out of, out of some of the back and what? forth when it comes to, you know, budgets and, and that sort of thing. What, what are these politics you talk about? I, I don't think I've ever seen politics <laughs> in an organization. Well, I'm confused. I, you know what? Oh, right, uh, yeah, it's just, you it, know, that, that one I think happens a little less often where something is going well and someone's saying it's not. But I have seen it happen. And it's frustrating for those leaders to then have to all of a sudden be on the defensive. So it feels like this would sort of be an aid. I, I would think if, if I'm that type of leader, I would, I would want this to, to be able to sort of back, back up how well things are going. Yeah. yeah, you talk about this yeah. all the time, Mike, mm -hmm. right? Like if green, if it's green, it means green. If it's red, it means red. You don't have to worry about it. Mike uh, and or Jason, uh, one of the things we've noticed uh, in, in work and in workplaces over the last um, seven months, six months, uh, you may have noticed as well, all of a sudden, uh, everyone's working from home. I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's, right. been, a big, it's been a pretty big deal. And um, organizations all over <laughs> the world have had to rush into essentially trying to figure out how to manage things that Movila can help them manage. Now, you guys have been around for a little while now, right? Uh, we're working on these problems and helping organizations to solve them prior to all this going down. So uh, my question is one of how have you noticed or have you noticed any differences in what organizations are looking for, what challenges they're having with work management slash project management, and maybe even some things that um, you've had to adapt to as, as you guys have navigated through this with your, with your customers? It's, good, it's a good question. Um, and I'll let Jay, I'm sure Jason's got his thoughts around this too. My, my quick take on it is it has certainly created more opacity, unfortunately. So human beings communicate a massive amount of information non-verbally to each other when they're present, right? You're in a meeting, it's a slide side glance, it's a, hey, what happened? It's water cooler banter. There's a lot of inter-team communication that occurs when people are all present in an office. When you're in a Zoom meeting, it's very difficult to sort of, you're, everyone's looking at the camera, how do they, you know, they're managing all of that, all that communication is lost. And unfortunately, because that communication is lost, the problem that we talked about only gets worse. There's only, you know, more opacity around, hey, is this, are, are people communicating? Like are the red, you know, red flags get thrown when I walk into the, you know, into the kitchen and Jason's on the tech team and I go, hey, how's it going, man? Hey, you know, we need that before we can create that product launch video, you guys and Jason's like, oh God, we're never gonna make it because Harry is never going to get his deliverable. And that's just a side conversation that occurs, right? Quick, casual thing. Jason would never pick up the phone and tell me that. But now all of a sudden, and Jason is not going to surface that in a Zoom meeting. And now all of a sudden, there's a huge critical path problem that doesn't get surfaced to anybody. So this is really exaggerated, this lack of transparency around, hey, where are we with things? Um, uh, in, a, in a big way. And so I think that's, a, you know, we've got a lot of customers now coming on who are saying, hey, one, we're not going back into the office because we're saving money on real estate spend. We don't know when this thing's going to be over, but we can no longer manage our work on spreadsheets or Microsoft Project or some of these unstructured systems. Slack ain't going to cut it and Zoom ain't going to cut it for execution and accountability. And so this issue for, we want transparency and accountability on actions because We've just lost a lot of that and culture too. But Jason, I'm I'm curious to some of your well, thoughts on that. I think it's I think it's everything you talked about. And I, I think it's actually a little worse than that. Because not only has there been a level of opacity that's come to getting work done, 
but the solution set's gotten harder as well. Uh, this, the, the way that I talk about it is we, um, we're moving from solving problems from, uh, we're moving from a browse mode to a search mode. Uh, and I'll, I'll I'm gonna stay with the dating myself theme. Uh, once upon a time, there were record stores and you would go to a record store for one of two reasons, either because you knew exactly what you wanted, which would be search, or because you just were hanging out with your friends and you were you just wanted to you know find something new, which was browse. And inevitably, in browsing, you would actually find something that you knew you wanted, and, and you just you didn't you weren't thinking about it and you'd buy it. And when we are in presence of each other, we solve problems that way. So, what Mike was talking about, uh, you know, running into somebody and saying, hey, you know, we, I, we need that project done. The person going, all right, it's not going to happen. That's, that's actually not an accident. That's not a, that's not a bug. That's a feature of being present in a location with people. We actually use real estate, use real estate, use proximity to solve problems through browse. We have those conversations. We seek those conversations out and they might be unstructured and the meetings might be a little boring, but it's an excuse to put people together and serendipity happens and problems get solved. That stuff doesn't happen. Not only am I, so with, with, 2020 with what we're seeing as people go remote, not only are they not sharing the problems on Zoom calls, they can't solve them when they do find about, out about them because they don't know where to go search for a solution. They're not having those kinds of interactions where they can say, hey, I have this problem. How do I solve it? They're, they're stuck. Like if they don't have the resources at their fingertips, they don't know who to call. They don't know what the next step is. They don't know what to do. And so uh, so what I'm seeing, just in my in my conversations with people, uh, what I what I'm seeing is we're starting to come out of this false sense of security. The initial pop, everyone went home. There was fear that working from home was going to be a disaster. It wasn't a disaster, and everyone got really excited about it. And now people are starting to have some second thoughts, and not just because their kids are home from school and, and the house is noisy, but because that sense of security, like hey, this isn't that hard. It was false. What was happening was they weren't finding out about the problems. <laughs> and, and when stuff was crossing their desk that maybe was a problem, they didn't have access to any solutions. So they weren't thinking this is anything that I need to deal with. And now as people are starting to, you know, as, as deadlines are being missed or as things are starting to be hard and as you're working like 14 hours a day and you're like, why am I working harder now than I ever was? Like I'm not even commuting and I'm working more hours. What's going on? We're starting to feel the challenge. And so I think the next six months will be really telling as people do exactly what Mike just said. They start looking at the unstructured tools that they're using, the, the, just the email, the Slack, and they go, holy cow, like this may have been a way to kind of keep track of what I'm doing, but it wasn't solving my communication challenges. It wasn't helping me uh, understand the connective tissue between tasks and between people. And if I don't have that, I can't get in front of it. And so, uh, so these next six months, I think we'll start to see a shift as people start to try and solve those kinds of problems. Jason, uh, thank you very much for that. I do uh, agree. The next six months are going to be quite telling. Um, we need to take a quick pause, uh, Jason, Mike, and Trish, to thank our sponsors who make all of this possible. Uh, first, Work Human. This episode of Nature Happy Hour is made possible by Work Human, who have now introduced Mood Tracker, which we use, Trish and I and Karen use Mood Tracker. And you guys at Movala should check out Mood Tracker as well. Get a pulse of the organization. It's a free modern voice for the employee tool built by data scientists, making it fast, easy, and actionable to get to the heart of organizational issues. And you can learn more at workhuman.com slash mood tracker. So uh, super product, Trish, and I've been checking in. I don't know. I'm doing all right, I think. I think my last couple check-ins are trending positively. 
Are they good? See, that's a good thing. If anything, you know what? It's interesting when you get results on the other end, right, for your team um, or for your whole company. But it's, I think it's good individually because you're actually being more mindful of how you're feeling day to day, which, you know, obviously some days can be a roller coaster. Um, some days are better than others, but yeah. It's Absolutely. a great product. Absolutely. Uh, and also, Trish, we have to thank our friends at Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. While this year has challenged HR leaders like never before, they continue to play an important strategic role in their organizations while building efficiency, fueling efficiency, building culture, and developing teams using the latest technology and tools available. And here's the important part here. They've released their 2020 Paychex Pulse of HR survey, an in-depth look at how HR professionals are contributing to the success of their companies. You should check it out. It's a great resource. It's free. You can go to paychex.com slash pulse2020 to download your copy of the 2020 Paychex Pulse of HR survey report. So many thanks to them. Great, great, great group of folks. And, uh, really love working with absolutely. them. But yeah, absolutely. Can I also give a plug to them because I am excited. I'm getting to do an HR tech session with Tom Hammond from Paychex. Yes. And we did one last year. We had a lot of fun. It was all about payroll, which you know, I love and adore. And this year we're going to be talking about um, self-service, which has come a long way in the last decade, I will say. So yeah, people need to tune in and, um, and get registered. It's free for the HR technology conference. And that will be one of the sessions. So shout out to my friend, Tom, over at Paychex. Yes, that's awesome. So, all right, guys, this has been fun. So where are we going next? So Jason, you said this next six months are going to be critical. And uh, how do some of these things unfold? How organizations continue to adapt? Uh, I mean, how are you guys working with organizations today to help them through this process and come out the other side? If you can give some, maybe you don't have to name names. I know sometimes you're not allowed to, but maybe give us a couple of examples so folks can understand what kinds of things become uh, possible and, and, and better, you know, uh, using a tool like Mubla. We have to solve this problem. Like we can't just opine <laughs> about it. And no, just, <laughs> just, just moan about it. That'll be great. What? Like, come on. I, so I, I only, I was, I was Jason pontificating. You. <laughs> uh, no, you know. listen to you. Before you answer, can you also, can you also add in there, who, who are you mostly talking with? Like at what, what's the entry point for companies? You know, whether this is HR, a CFO, a chief operating officer, just like kind of what are you seeing too? Like who is this? Who is this most important to you from a solving, solving this, this issue, if you would? So, Mike, how about I give a real quick uh, overview of that second question that Trish asked and kick it to you for uh, some of the stories uh, of how our, our customers have been winning with the product. That sounds great. Uh, so, Trish, great question. Love that question. Um, wasn't even prepped. You know, there's, it, there's, a, there's a few different use cases and there's a few different buyers who line up to it. Uh, at the top of the organization, the executives are using Movola to get status reports that have integrity and rigor behind, right? So when they see red, they know that's a real risk. And when they see green, they know that's, a, uh, that's real green. And they can, they can increase their span of control without worry. You know, fewer surprises, very simple. Uh, the, uh, you know, within the organization, we find that there's really two types of users of, of this tool. There are uh, kind of the professional project managers 
And then there's accidental project managers, you know, people who have graduated, congratulations, you now own a project. Uh, for the, for the, the, uh, the project managers who, you know, who have learned how to do all this stuff, it's like a calculator, right? It lets them do more faster, easier. So where they would have to take a Friday afternoon to, you know, recalculate, Mike, you say this all the time. Like if I've got a 600 item project plan and there's a change, I don't have the individual capacity to go line by line to go reconcile six, you know, the other 599 lines based on this change. But with Moodle, you do. So it, it, it extends their ability uh, quite a bit. And for the accidental PMs, it gives them the ability. They can actually move with confidence. So uh, there's some, some simplifying features within Movila that make it, you know, in some cases, drag and drop easy to set up a plan, but then also manage a plan where, you know, if I did risk, what's risk? Like, how do I, how do I know, how do I know which tasks are actually going to drive the timeline for this thing and which ones aren't? If I got to make a hard choice around where to focus the team, how do I make that decision so I don't blow the deadline? Uh, Movila does a lot of the heavy lifting to make those determinations behind the scenes. So depending on how you've set it up, Movila will tell you, yeah, focus on this one because you screw this one up, your whole timeline is blown. The other one, yeah, you, you can you can miss a couple of days. It won't have a, a ripple effect. So the accidental PMs, the experts, and then the executives who want that uh, want the clarity around status report. Those I'd say are the audiences. And, and Mike, you might have some refinements on that. And I, I know you've got some stories about uh, some wins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, and thank you for that. I think I think probably one of the, the the better things to talk about because it's sort of a relevant example about digital transformation uh, for people doing work. Um, and it's certainly not a secret. Uh, we were at sort of one of the very last conferences that was held in Las Vegas, Con Expo, where they normally have 150,000 people. We did a, a big launch with one of our strategic partners, Komatsu, uh, who's the second largest manufacturer in the world of heavy equipment and machinery. And Komatsu has an initiative called Smart Construction where they're looking to digitally transform construction management with autonomous technologies to facilitate and manage a better experience for the customer, a more efficient, a safer experience, a more profitable experience. And they've been addressing this on the mechanical side with their equipment for a long time. And I think it's a good metaphor because Komatsu selected our technology to sort of be the intel inside for this autonomous construction side of the future around the management of work, the workers, the human machine interface for that. And the reason why I use Komatsu as an example is Komatsu seven, eight years ago said, we're going to bring something called intelligent machine control to bulldozers and excavators. And what that means is we're gonna use technology to define and prevent operators from making obvious mistakes and help them to lower and lift the spade of the device to grade a site. And what ended up happening when they first said this was the really experienced drivers said, oh, how dare you? I would never use anything like that. My 20 years of experience as a driver is what makes me excellent at my job. But the owners in a lot of countries like Japan and Europe were saying, hey, our operator population is aging out. We have inexperienced drivers. We have a real problem here. We have inexperienced people operating big, expensive, complex pieces of equipment. We need technology to fill that gap and kind of put bumper guards up for these people. And so that's what they did. And what ended up happening was really interesting. The, the inexperienced drivers, it elevated their performance and it made them good drivers. And the good drivers 
actually ended up using the technologies and going, oh my God, I use it all the time. It makes me amazing. It saves me so much time. And that same metaphor is at play when we think about work and accidental project managers. We have people who aren't trained PMPs, but are given really big expensive initiatives or are responsible for those. And they don't know how to operate the dump truck, i.e. manage the project. And so we provide those guardrails, those bumpers, that risk and that management. And for the really good operator, i.e. the project manager, we take the painful, dr brutal drudgery out of managing that so they can do an even better job with their skills and their process. So it's a, a really interesting metaphor as we go through this process. And that is sort of what we're seeing is, you know, the really experienced people are like, oh, I don't need these tools. I'm amazing at my job. And in the end, they're going, oh my gosh, this is taking a lot of pain out of my job. And the inexperienced people are going, wow, oh my God, I, I'm insecure about the fact that I don't know what's blowing up. I don't know how to manage work at a complex level. I'm worried about the things that I might be missing. And there's just a need for that because what's happening is we're asking untrained people to manage large scale collaborative projects that are critically important and have big dollars associated with them. And so technology can do a good job to, to facilitate just better execution at the end of the day automatically. Mike, uh, thank you for that. That's a great uh, example. And uh, I was I, while you were talking, I thought, okay, I'm going to get my resources ready, you know, for the shout outs at the end. And I'm looking at the Movila website, which by the way is Movila, M-O-O-V-I-L-A.com. And we'll put that link in the show notes as well. But um, I love the tagline here. We deliver the most intelligent project management software on the market. And I'd say this, uh, it's also the most unique uh, project management software I've ever seen. I remember seeing it for the first time kind of early days, Mike, and uh, yep. I had never seen anything like it then. And I don't think I would have, I don't think I've seen anything like it now either. So it's, uh, it's come a long way, right. but it came from a really great starting point too. Yeah, it's great, great stuff. Um, and, and never needed more, right? As we talked about earlier, you know, right. in, in times like this, organizations need better technologies to help, uh, help get things done and connect people and, and hold people accountable and so on and so forth. And I encourage everybody to go to movela.com to, to learn more. We got, guys, we could keep talking all day, especially side. And I know you could, you've got that gift, which is, it is a gift and I respect it, but uh, I also want to make sure to, you know, I don't allow you to take advantage of, of me that way. So uh, I think we'll wrap it up here. Uh, it's been so great uh, reconnecting with Jason Seiden and Mike Sanka from Movila. It's been forever, but uh, guys, thank you uh, so much for spending some time with us today. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. And, and looking forward to, seeing you guys again in, in person, real time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, same here. Trish, uh, question for you. Did we, did we rally after my shaky start? I think we let Jason and Mike talk and, and I shut up for the most part. I think, I, think we, I think we turned it around. I think they turned it around. So yeah. thanks to them for... <laughs> for <laughs> no, you guys, it was great. That was a great... I love that question. Yeah, I knew you would. I knew you would, Mike. I, I, know, I know where you're coming from, man. So uh, awesome. Well, love again, that question. So Usually it's like, hey, what's your favorite you know, drink? Or what do you think about a yeah. certain sport or something? What's, what's your favorite citrus fruit? Yeah, yeah. It's usually... No, I've already texted the Instead, his question was, what do you think is the single most important act of humanity ever? <laughs> right. I'm like, what? <laughs> the most inspirational leader you've ever, you know, seen. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll dial it down for the next time. But anyway, great, great stuff. Again, movela.com. Check them out. Doing great stuff. And uh, look forward to continued uh, success for, from those guys. Uh, from uh, the lovely city of Charleston, South Carolina. I'm going to throw that out to HQ. So shout out to uh, my South Carolina friends. Um, and Trish, we must thank Work Human and Paychecks one more time for all their support. Uh, they continue okay. to be uh, just great partners to work with uh, that we've enjoyed working with this whole year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just it's they're not just sponsors, they're actual friends of the show and um, and people that, you know, we would spend our own money with. Um, so I think that's always important to make sure you have sponsors that you believe in. Absolutely. Okay, so that's it. Uh, thank you, uh, Mike Senka, Jason Seiden, for Trish McFarland. My name's Steve Bowes. Thank you for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. We will see you next time, and bye for now. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.